and welcome, listeners, to episode six, part two. Wow. All right. I'm on top of things. You are. Of your friendly neighborhood podcast, IRL Game Chat, where we share our most intimate memories and opinions regarding the world of video games as we as know, we know it. it. I am your host, Joe Finley, and with me, as always, your massively mental motorcycling madman, Luke <laughs> like Shermer that, that was awesome. We are podcasting way sooner than usual. We had so much to talk about that I decided that we absolutely needed to do it again. Two days back to back. Yeah, yeah, two days back to back. That's pretty incredible. On the slab for today, uh, have you gamed at all in the last day? No. No. I thought really hard about it. And then I was busy with, you know, obligations. Mm. Womp womp. Did you try your Candy Crush at all? No, I don't think I did today. No Candy Crushing today. I want to play Last of Us right now, and I want to play Infinite. Okay. Dilemma. Well, I'm thinking if you're going to do anything, especially considering what time it is, and you know what time it is, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Um, we're a little loopy late night, folks. I apologize, and I don't apologize because I love it. So, I think you should try Infinite. Yeah. I think it's it's been sitting unwrapped on your desk for too long at this point. Yeah, I know, like a week and a half or something, just yeah. sitting there staring at me. And the longer... As I stare back. <laughs> the longer it sits there, the more it's going to get pushed to the back burner. Yeah. Um, and it's really, I mean... Damon Hatfield said it was game of the generation, in his opinion. And so there's something to be said for that. He's not the only one. You know, it's one of two obvious contenders for game of the year. Uh, <laughs> both games that you said you want to do right now. Yeah, are I know. Like it's funny, right? One yeah. and two, which one wins? It is. It, yeah, it is really like a which one do I play kind of thing. But yeah. Speaking of games of the year, games of the generation, games of the generation are going to be really hard to determine, obviously, because... Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not that hard, I suppose, because you're thinking about the end of the generation, really, because things have really come into their own toward the end. And we really see what each console is really capable of pushing its limits by now. Yeah. Um, The engines that have been developed this late in the generation are meant to really showcase the t- what's capable of that tech yeah it's almost not fair for you know a game like mass effect that some people t- who have never played mass effect go back to play now they're like what the hell am i playing like you because it's exactly because <laughs> it's it's so it feels so clunky now yeah. and yet when that game was out people were absolutely raving about it mm-hmm. so it's like it's almost unfair to older games that you know we're kind of um on the uh, very fringe of a new kind of style and they're trying to incorporate so many things and did it so well mm-hmm. but you know now you've got games that have come out now like the last of us that you know if someone plays mass effect and then mm-hmm. plays the last of us their choice on which a game seems better to them is going to be pretty clear yeah so, and, and I mean, there are a lot of games that uh, are up for debate as well. You know, take for example, Greg Miller gave Uncharted Three a ten. Yeah, the Last of Us gets a ten. Right. You know, which one really has a better ten? You know, yeah. How do you determine that? Naughty Dog. Why are you so good? <laughs> uh, man, so excited to see what or they're going to do. Why with you the know bad? DLC and everything. And while we're talking about The Last of Us, I did want to mention um, our good friends at Go Left Gaming. Uh, you can check them out on Twitter at Go Left Gaming or goleftgaming.wordpress.com. Had what I believe is possibly the best worded review of The Last of Us and definitely the, the best review to sell it. Yeah. 
So thanks, guys. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about The Last of Us, but I don't want to spoil anything for you. Uh, but what I do want to say about the whole game of the year conversation, I feel like this year is just simply unfair. How are they going to de- determine that kind of so many judgment? amazing things coming out? Yeah, yeah you, you know, uh, we obviously have GTA Five that's going to push the boundaries of any open world game that's ever been made. Right. You know, we have Batman Arkham Origins, which is, uh, from what it looks like, it's it's looking to be the one of the most impressive Batman games we've ever played. And that is coming after playing Arkham city. So yeah, I know I almost feel like it's going to blow minds the same way as Arkham city did. Mm-hmm. And yet it's coming right after Arkham city. Like it looks like it might be that good. Yeah. I developed by a different studio too. You know, WB right. uh, this time instead of Rocksteady. Rocksteady. Uh, I didn't do anything gaming wise today. I, well, I did a little of uh, ingress. Actually, that was pretty interesting. While yeah, we were yeah. Driving we were in the, the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm picking up more of the pieces now. I hacked a portal today that gave me a news element that actually told me more about the backstory and and really showed me the the global scale of things. Nice. Um, I, I'm becoming more and more invested in this game as it goes on, and especially now that I know that it kind of draws you intentionally toward more artistic and interesting parts of the city. Maybe not so much wherever we were earlier today. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Um, I got some maintenance done on my Yamaha R6, and it's uh, it was at a shop that was a few towns over. And um, my car is a manual transmission, which Joe hasn't learned how to drive yet. So we had to go to uh, pick up my mom's car, and she works at the, at the, uh, the town court. So we drive there, and Joe's like, oh, dude, I found a portal. So he goes running across the lawn of the <laughs> yeah. town court. I'm like, all right, I'll go get the keys. So I come out, and <laughs> I see him, like, sprinting back towards me. It's like, dude, I closed the portal. And then we get in the car, and we're driving. And as we're driving, he's picking up that um, XM uh, yeah. resource. And we're, we're going down the highway, and these XM patches are flying at us. And he's like, yo, go to the right lane. There's one over there. <laughs> so we, like, shift over. It's really funny. But it was cool. You recharged on, I think, the whole trip from Brighton to Spencerport, right? It didn't even take that long. We were halfway there, and <laughs> yeah. I was fully recharged. So, I mean, even in a city, you know, I consider Rochester to be a relatively small place where I would, you know, I'm kind of surprised that so many people are already playing this game. Yeah. And yet there seems to be traces of people playing it everywhere. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I guess, it, as it seems, the uh, the enlightened have kind of taken downtown. So I don't really have to do too much, although I can aid people. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I've been watching the calm uh, that's at the bottom of the app that allows you to see all the progress that's happening locally mm-hmm. um, to see if any of the portals nearby are getting attacked. Because if they are, then I can you know, just wander out of the house for no reason and, and walk downtown a little bit and yeah. you know, help out a little bit. It's good. It's a good excuse to get some exercise, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny being in the car because this game is supposed to be like it's telling you to walk. The yeah. point is to walk around the city. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's designed for more condensed cities. Rochester is so spread out right. that you would have to take a car to get to half of these places. Oh, yeah. If you're, you're in not, Philly or you're New York or L.A. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine in New York this has got to be really yeah, crazy. If it's this big here, it's got to be huge. It's got to be nuts in New York. I can't wait to visit New York and just like log in just to see how absolutely bizarre it is. <laughs> yeah. um, when I go to Comic-Con later this year, I'm going to... I'm going to be doing ingress. Oh, my phone's going to be dead all day, every day. Damn. Bring a, buy like a battery pack. Uh, that's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to buy a second <laughs> yeah. battery or like one of those battery chargers that you can, <laughs> like it holds the charge and then you plug it into your phone whenever you need it. You yeah. Know? Um, either way. All right. So let's get past that. You know, we, we've, we've got things to talk about. 
As far as game sales go and what there is left to be buying right now for this gen, um, Best Buy's got probably the funniest named sale I've ever heard in the history of gaming. The Back to School Sale. which Back to Distraction Sale. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, What's homework? Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing I mean, Assassin's I, I guess it's still July, so... They should have just called it something else. Like, what is back to school in July? That just that. If someone says back to school in the middle of July, I immediately tune out to what the rest of that fr- sentence is. You know, I'm not. Yeah. I don't care. And not for nothing. I love video games, but seriously, these are children. Mm. Back to school and video games is not something that should be synonymous. No, no, no. You have to have an education. Yes. Like play your games in your spare time. Yes. It's not back to school. I mean, unless you're, school's pencils unless and books you're like, and shit that like that school that's out near Buffalo in uh, Tonawanda. Hey, that's kind of cool news. That's, yeah, uh, I. But back to this real quick. So until this Saturday, uh, you can participate in this sale, and it includes free shipping if you buy online. Um, right on. So this this is going to get people into picking up all the last few things of the gen. So we have Assassin's Creed Three on 360 PS3 for twenty dollars, Battlefield Three Premium Edition. Xbox 360 or PS3 for $30. Bioshock Infinite, Xbox 360 or PS3, $40. Not bad. Call of Duty Black Ops 2 on Wii U for $20. Weird. (laughs) There are people that play... Does anyone really play COD on a Wii U? You know, considering I've heard their online ecosystem is garbage. Yeah. And this is from people that like the Wii U and play Wii U games. Uh, I don't know. That's there weird. might be like one dad out there yeah. who buys it because he, you know, his sons play. He's busy. Whatever. You know, yeah. he doesn't have a lot of money. Can't afford another system, so yeah. he just wants to screw around something like that. Or maybe he's just a fan of things like Mario and Zelda, and sure. stuff like that. I mean, we don't want to discount you know people that do like the Wii because Nintendo does have great first party titles. Oh, I'm not saying that at all. The downside, of course, is that to play the first party titles have to get a wii u right and i don't want a wii u we'll get into system sellers in the next that's a whole nother conversation but yeah so moving on the hip-hop dance experience on xbox 360 oh, for 12 dollars. get down i mean if you're a just dance fan i i, I yeah, here it's huge not that the connect for this system was all that great mm-hmm. but people do play this it's a party game it's great multiplayer for people uh for kids it's a lot of pop hit songs i don't know what the hip-hop dance experiences don't quote me on any of that who knows what uh-huh. those t- songs are well the just dance let's see just dance three i think has a lot of that um i work at a, at a home uh for the uh developmentally disabled mm-hmm. and there's one of the staff that i work with has a connect so what we do is um, oh right you bring your xbox she, yeah i bring my xbox and she brings her connect so she doesn't have to unplug everything mm-hmm. you know for her it's a pain but for me i don't really care mm-hmm. so yeah so we bring all that stuff on plug it in and um I mean, the residents have an absolute blast with it. Right. So, yeah, you know, it's fun. I worry, you know, with the, um, like, spot-on HD cameras in the next one, are they going to enjoy the next game, or is it just going to be like, you're not doing anything right? Because it's <laughs> actually measuring everything. There's, like, doing. a hardcore mode yeah. for, like, <laughs> yeah, right? absolute precision. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Kirby's Dream Collection Special Edition on Wii for $8, which um, if you're a fan of Kirby, I hear that the Dream Collection Special Edition is actually pretty good. I was a huge Kirby fan back on Game Boy. Dude, I was um, just going to say, I played tons of Kirby on yeah, Game Boy. Yeah, that I was mean, my game. I played it on Game Boy whenever I could get my Game Boy back from my mom, who was playing Tetris all the time. <laughs> um, mom, yeah. I want to play my game. Oh, oh God. 
Pokemon Conquest on Nintendo DS for uh, $15. I'm not a Pokemon fan myself, but obviously yeah. that, that is legs. And the DS is a very popular system, more popular than the Vita worldwide. So yeah. I'm sure that'll sell. There's a lot of Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> Pokey. There's a lot of Pokemans fans out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure they're all psyched. Right. SimCity Limited Edition on Windows PC for $40. Is that the Sim that had, like, yeah, tons of problems? Mm-hmm. People couldn't get online for, like, a month or something? Yeah, and, yeah. Okay. And not to discount the sale that I'm talking about right now, but SimCity, I believe, is on the Steam sale, which may have ended, actually. But even then, even if it's not on sale on Steam anymore, I guarantee you it's cheaper, it's cheaper on Steam. cheaper on Steam, yeah. And then finally... Last but not least, Tomb Raider 360 or PS3 for $30. Not bad. Brand new Tomb Raider. If you want my copy, though, I'll sell it to you for 20 bucks. <laughs> uh, promoting the gaming industry, I see. And Joe's copy, too. Oh, wait, no, you're getting rid of yours. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. Also, there are $10 off select Xbox 360 controllers. And then the biggest deal... There's a $20 PlayStation Network voucher packaged with three months of PlayStation Plus for $27.99. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's amazing. You're, you're basically getting uh, for 20 bucks. No, it costs $30. You're, it you're well, getting... it costs uh, $27.99. So for $7.99 plus tax, of course, you're getting three months three of PlayStation months of Plus. PlayStation plus yeah. And you get a $20 uh, PlayStation Network voucher out of this, plus free shipping if you buy this online. Right. And then, of course, the, the biggest one... Uh, the 250 gigabyte Xbox 360 bundle that includes copies of Darksiders 2 and Arkham City for $250. So definitely uh, worth the money. It's the Xbox 360 Slim, 250 gig. Granted, I don't think a lot of people are going to be buying a current gen system this late in the generation. But if you want to play any of those games we mentioned earlier that are only going to be coming out for this gen then you're absolutely going to need an Xbox 360 or a PS3. I didn't mention any Wii games in there on that list of what's coming for what's left of this gen because debatably Wii U is still next kind gen. Kind of next gen. <laughs> kind of. So, and they do have a, a great fall uh, lineup. Games on demand. Right now we have Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, cool. which is the game and the expansion um, all together on Xbox Live for $40. And then we also have Star Trek and Dragon Ball Z Budokai HD Collection at 30 and 35 respectively. I didn't hear great things about Star Trek. Um, I was kind of disappointed because the trailers looked great. I was really interested in the fact that it was a storyline tying the two movies together, Mm -hmm. incorporating one of the most iconic villains of all Star Trek history. Right. Um, If anyone ever thinks back to what Kirk potentially battled in the original TV series. You remember him battling that like lizard monster, you know? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just unfortunate because while it was voice acted, well, it visually looked pretty good. Apparently the cover base shooting, not so great. The puzzles, not so great and felt awkwardly placed. It's a shame. It has so much potential for a series like that too. Yeah. You know? And to put, all of that money into it and get all of the cast from the movies involved, you know, um, it's a shame. It's it's a venture, especially considering there aren't that many great Star Trek games out there. And, and we, as a Star Trek fan myself, I always hope for the next great Star Trek game. You know, um, I'll, I, I play Star Trek, the 25th anniversary for NES. That was, 
probably the best of all time, seconded only by Star Trek The Next Generation on Sega Genesis. And since then, we've had like hit or miss Star Trek titles on and off. If you're looking for a big sci-fi universe, movie universe that's been put into games, Star Wars really did it right. I mean, there's so many amazing Star Wars titles out there. Yeah. And uh, Battlefront's coming too. Well, yes and no. I mean, the thing is, is that you kind of have to ignore everything that came out in the last year and a half. In fact, you have to ignore Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2, even. Yeah, um, that game was crap. <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately played it. But yeah, you have to you have to go back before that, even. Yeah. You know, back to older Star Wars titles. But, I mean... Battlefront I mean, and whatnot. Battlefront, perfect example. And uh, we have Battlefront 2, obviously, coming that, you know, is the... Yeah, fan that, favorite. <laughs> that video is awesome. Uh, if there's ever a teaser to be, well, a perfect tease, I guess. I mean, it got like a standing <laughs> ovation at E3. It yeah, was, like, freaking People crazy. Out, yeah. So, but I mean, really, if you're looking for a third person shooter set in a fantastic sci fi universe, why not pick up Mass Effect? Right. Really. I mean, it is regarded as the greatest sci fi trilogy in all of gaming. So it's common sense at that point. Yeah. As far as Dragon's Dogma goes, that not to be understated, by the way, I mean, most people only picked it up originally just to get early access to the Resident Evil 6 demo. Yeah. Which is <laughs> kind of hilarious when you How think about it. How did that go it. for you guys? Yeah. Well, I mean, they got to play what turned out to be a great game, I guess. I mean, I didn't play it personally. Uh-huh. But, uh, I mean, reviews of the game were great. Yeah. You know, I mean, just because of the fact that <laughs> they ended up buying a game that flew way under the radar. Right. And ended up being, I haven't played it, but I heard it was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, but they got it to play a demo of a game that ended up being uh, quite bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe not too bad per se. It just wasn't exactly Resident Evil, you know? Right. I mean, it was still playing on like the action game that it was becoming. And it wasn't, I mean, if you were playing of the four campaigns, you were playing Ada and Leon's campaign, they actually weren't that bad. And they were closer to the original and, you know, the puzzles, albeit simple ones, you know, you were still battling original kind of zombies and stuff like that. Yeah, not like motorcycle chain zombies. Yeah. Anyway, so on to the the biggest news, obviously, that we kind of uh, glazed over a bit in uh, part one. Comic-Con happened last week. San Diego Comic-Con. Right. Of course. The biggest nerdgasm of the year. Oh, my God. I follow the IGN live stream uh, all day long. It got in my pocket on my front shirt. Oh, no. Mom, I need more tissues. Jeez. So that uh, live stream, uh, (laughs) I watched it on my uh, 360, but I also kept up with uh, a number of other sources like uh, Kotaku, Polygon, GameSpot, etc. So I'm just going to rattle off some games. We'll we'll talk about them individually. We'll give you some details. The listeners will hear whatever I have to say. First up, we have uh, we saw a new cinematic trailer for Batman Arkham Origins. Yeah, uh, which was awesome. Featuring the newest villain, of course, Copperhead, who we mentioned in the last episode. But I, the one thing I did want to uh, reiterate was the fact that they used three different people to mocap. Copperhead. Yeah, they used a um, a contortionist, a martial artist, and someone from Cirque, Cirque du Soleil. Soleil. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm. I'm excited just to see, and you know, from from the trailer, we saw a little bit of how how Copperhead fights and moves, right? But which is very fluid and yeah, it, it, it almost kind of looked like a, a luchador from like WWE or something with those moves. <laughs> like I was waiting for like a DDT in there or something, yeah, and was spinning around, you know. Yeah, it was like I mean, great I'm, Mysterio stuff. 
I'm kind of excited to just play the game and just see the way Copperhead moves, just mm-hmm. knowing it's an actual person who's doing those things. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we we don't see gameplay as usual. We'll never freaking see anything actually from the game. It's right. Like, just watch this nice trailer. But it Like the looked, Halo trailer. <laughs> oh, well, well, that was just You didn't really know what it was until like the very end. It's like, ah! Yeah. That was, once you again, know, like Master another... They, they were basically doing the same thing Battlefront did, except Halo. Yeah, they're just making something for the fans. Yeah, something yeah. fun for the fans. And you know, it's it's not like you're not expecting another Halo game. Come on, there's an Xbox console coming out, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. By the way, guys, we're done with Halo. Yeah. We're gonna focus on uh, beach volleyball. Oh no. And yeah, three four three would like go down the drain instantly if they said anything like that. Oh, by the way, we've given up on Halo. <laughs> yeah. Fanboys erupt. Thirteen year olds cry everywhere. Yeah. Seriously. No offense to Halo players. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was 13 once. Right. <laughs> Teabagging aside, <laughs> um, the the last thing I do want to mention is, you know, obviously we're getting more villains over time because we also have, uh, there, there was news on the Mad Hatter that we didn't see anything of him. We know that he's going to play more of a role like the Scarecrow did in yeah. Arkham uh, Asylum. Yeah, um, a, little, a little bit more sadistic, more evil. This right. Time. A little more psychological, a little less, dare I say, silly. I mean, not to say that mm. Arkham City was silly, but I mean, it had the, its bizarre moments, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, like bizarre in a good way, but totally bizarre. Right. And the vibe, the tone that I get from Arkham Origins is that it's a little darker. It's a little more realistic, uh-huh. if that's even possible. Which I mean, is welcome for me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Arkham City was really realistic. Yeah. I mean, what an awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I almost want to go back and play that now. Yeah. It's such well, an amazing brawler. Hey, I mean, um, yeah, this is being made by WB, but everything was handed to them straight from Rocksteady. Yeah. So we're still going to have the same mechanics. We're still going to have the same. I mean, it's going to be it's the origin story. So we won't have quite everything that Batman was doing in Arkham City. He might be minus a, about, you know, 90 percent of his gadgets or so. <laughs> you know, that magical 90 percent number I love. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically all we have to say about Batman. Unfortunately, the the next game I want to talk about. We kind of made fun of in part one, or not even part one, but the episode before that. Because... I made fun of it with a very big heart, right? Because we... it looks awesome, and I wanted to play it. Well, we didn't. We didn't even know what it was. You know, we just said like, "Dad, Dad, Deadly Dad," something. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it turns out that uh, yeah, it is some obscure, unknown indie title, just like we thought. Except it turns out to be a fantastic obscure indie title that no one knows about. But yeah, Sony actually got in touch with them, which I thought was kind of interesting because they were strictly just working on a PC title originally. How awesome would that Um, email be? Yeah. Right. By the way, uh, we're Sony and when we want to send you a dev kit and we want this on our system (laughs) as close to launch as humanly possible, uh, dream come true, which for a group of eight guys that are doing this in their spare time, yeah, working only on Sundays to make this game. Right. These guys have regular jobs they're working at during the week. This isn't even a main focus of their lives, which I think actually makes yeah, me might appreciate be it a little bit more. They may be Octodads. Yeah, right? Uh, but as far as Octodad goes, it's interesting because he is a secret octopus dad. Who's convinced everyone <laughs> in his life that he is actually a human and not an octopus. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a stretch, but that's kind of part of the humor in it. Which, does he have a name? Do we have anything to call him besides Octodad? Um, 
I don't even. I don't think I saw anything in the trailer or Bill. the devs. Have, uh, Bill. 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 I, I call him Bill. Billy Bob the Octodad. <laughs> <laughs> Bill the human. Yeah. The human. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's um. He's actually an octopus. <laughs> it's due to the fact that he's an octopus. It allows us to allow ridiculousness, like the slapstick comedy kind of approach that they're taking to it, uh-huh. um, with what they've called surgeon simulator-esque controls <laughs> between pushing your triggers for lifting your legs and then using the left stick to move and then you use r1 to activate arm mode to grab things it already sounds confusing and convoluted right that's because it is <laughs> but the best part is is that it's designed to ease out the frustrating parts and just make them awkward so the controls are just unresponsive enough to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's an awesome quote. <laughs> right. I hope they put in a multiplayer for no reason. Like just a bunch of Octodads like throwing crap around. Oh my God. That would just be like if you're ever in a, in like a crappy mood, you're like I'm going to play Octodad multiplayer. Yeah. There's no goal. There's no winning. <laughs> you're just walking around and it's hilarious. It would, it would be great if there were, even if the goals were just stupid. Like I keep seeing in this trailer, uh, there's a part where you're in a supermarket and I mean, you remember the show Supermarket Sweep? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just imagine, like, yeah. like the Octodad's like throwing random, like you have to get like a certain number of items like yeah. into the cart, yeah. and then like sloppily like push it down yeah. the aisle and get it to the cashier. I can just figure that that one Octodad trying to grab that giant inflatable thing down the aisle, like trying to hurl himself yeah. all the way to the like, front of the like store, smush it into the cart. Yeah, oh, that'd be rich. Oh, man. there's an idea. I hope we got some fans on the dev team. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I hope people pick it up and give it a shot. It, you know. It, I mean, maybe it looks stupid, but that's, I feel like that's kind of the point of it. It's right. a silly, ridiculous game, you know? I mean, especially, you know, th- that's what they're aiming for. And I'm yeah. sure people are going to look at it and say, this is stupid. Well, <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. But it's just <laughs> waiting for you to embrace it, you know? Yeah. We need to get your dad playing this game and have like a hangout with Jack Day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually sold him on it already. I'm not sure if he's willing to get a PS4 immediately, but we definitely have to bring one over to his house and let him... I mean, when we were talking to him the other day when we were at my house, (laughs) he was automatically into what I was saying. And I posted the video (laughs) on his wall on Facebook, Uh and he immediately commented saying, you already sold me on this game. (laughs) (laughs) Just by doing it, when you're doing that goofy uh, crap in your parents' lawn, or whatever, like show them how it works. Yeah, Yeah, when I was acting out Octodad. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome. Uh, All right. Next, we have The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, which is a Nintendo 3DS sequel to A Link to the Past, which I didn't play. Um, neither of us have a 3DS, actually. So, is there a Link to the Past world? Uh, it's interesting. It's it's not exactly like a straight-up <clears throat> sequel as much as it is kind of a, a spiritual sequel because it follows the plot if you played A Link to the Past. But okay. this one changes the style. It goes back to the traditional top-down, old-school Zelda look, like right. NES. It, it has all the uh, usual items that you'd expect. But new is the ability to merge with walls, which you can do just about anywhere in the environment. And they've said this is going to allow him to traverse the world unlike ever before, quote-unquote. Which, mm. basically, what it is, is it he glues to the wall two-dimensionally and suddenly is drawn as a cartoon along the wall. Um, <laughs> If you played Wind Waker, you'll recognize that kind of art style automatically. When when he becomes that 2D on the wall okay. link, he looks like the Wind Waker link. Okay. And then he pops back out to the overhead link when he comes back. Like they showed a platform yeah. going underneath a wall. And he had to go flat to the wall and go around the wall 
Uh, I shouldn't put my hand in front of my face while talking in the mic. But uh, <laughs> And then he goes around the wall, stuck to the wall, and then pops back out onto the platform as it's coming out the other side. Gotcha. It's very interesting. It's th- obviously 3D platforming, which is kind of new to Zelda because it's vertical platforming. Yeah, it's kind of like... Um you know, the next step in games that we as 80s kids would have played back in the day. Yeah, and it's all due to the 3D emulation of the 3DS. And it's it's interesting because there's multiple levels and you're you're kind of using levers and launching yourself toward your own face to land on the next level. Catapult Um, link. Yeah. (laughs) And to get across gaps. Link like giant pitfalls that can kill you and things that you wouldn't expect kind of, I guess, from a Zelda game. But it is running in 60 frames per second. So it's like super smooth, even though it's cartoony and old school link looking. Yeah, you kind of almost anticipate to see like a sword swing that's like two animations. Yeah, right. And it looks exactly (laughs) like it, just buttery smooth. Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of neat. Yeah, I, I kind of appreciate it. Of course, I'm... Don't know if I'm going to buy a 3DS. I told myself Resident Evil Revelations was coming out when I played that at Comic-Con. I was like, I'm buying a 3DS. Yeah. And I realized that's the only thing I want to play. And then it was ported to console. So, yeah. So. And then. So well, I just have to wait for this to get ported to the Wii U and never buy a Wii U. <laughs> Yay. Uh, but it is coming out in November this year. So, yeah, that's that. Uh, next, then we have the Wonderful 101, uh-huh. which is the Wii U exclusive to beat all Wii U exclusives, really. It's a brand new superhero-themed IP from Platinum Games. Uh, you've played a, a few of Platinum Games uh, games, haven't you? Yeah, I played um, Vanquish and Bayonetta that I can remember. The okay. cool thing, actually, from watching the trailer for Wonderful 101 mm-hmm. is um, each level is broken up into uh, segments that measure your performance, right, right? just like Bayonetta. And it was neat because when I was watching the trailer for Wonderful, Wonderful 101, um, it's a tongue twister. The guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was watching a trailer for Wonderful 101, you know, I, I noticed every now and then uh, there would be like a, a ranking uh, screen after right. you would pass a segment, and there would be like a pure platinum medal that would pop yeah. up. So that yeah. was cool. It was like a throwback to Bayonetta for me. Yeah, and uh, they they mentioned that the pure platinum medal and how that'll be something that people remember and immediately think of like the fun, silly times that they had, you know, with with older games that had kind of the same style. Yeah. It's interesting. It's uh, you're leading a team of 100 heroes, which I was kind of confused by that. It's Wonderful 101 with 100 heroes. Yeah. Mm. Are you the one? Is the main character then the next? No, he's guy? one of 100. One of 100? Yeah. I guess uh, but yeah, so the one, they are the one. Planetary Secret Service, aka the Sentinels with a C, formed by the UN to fight evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the UN is finally doing something right. <laughs> oh, we don't need to get political in this podcast. Um, the core gameplay concept uh, Anarchy. Is, <laughs> is played by morphing teams into these incredible abilities, like these giant shapes that you're building from a team of superheroes that are kind of stacking together into one object. Yeah. And yeah, the the importance of speed and precision. And like you said, you know, you're graded in each segment and each mission uh, involves a different hero's city and origin. So like what we saw was the first guy. The the first that hero guy. we saw, uh, he started on a bus and then he ended up in the city and was like trying to save all these kids on the bus. And you saw that you had simple quick attacks that were building your meter and then you were using this meter to then morph the heroes. Right. And using the Wii U tablet controller, you know, which actually, I guess, works pretty well, although Greg had some struggles with it uh, <laughs> during the Comic-Con demo. 
you can create things like a sword or a whip or a fist or a gun or a hang glider. Yeah, it's cool because it's like each each superhero has their weapon. Yeah. And so they kind of become, you know, like the front man of the show for uh, however long you decide to use whichever weapon. Like if you draw a straight line, uh, the guy that's got the sword, you know, you all of a sudden get this like huge sword and you can, you know, fight guys with that or chop through obstacles blocking your path or right. whatever absolutely and uh you know we saw them having to create kind of a, a rope bridge by their whip uh, yeah we saw like obviously battling like smaller enemies and then bigger enemies it all depends on the grouping that you make so if you only gather a few of them you'll make a tiny sword and then if you gather all of them you make like that mecha sword you know yeah it looks really fun it's going to remind people of beautiful joe i guess in a way due to its humor and its color I don't know how many people listening are even going to know <laughs> what Beautiful Joe is, but the humor is the biggest element. Like they showed there's a cut away every time a new hero emerges and it's like flashing colors in the background. And he's like, yeah, like lifting <laughs> his sword up to the sky or whatever his weapon is. Yeah. And one of them, one of the guys, you know, when they showed him he, a, a rose dropped from the sky and he went to catch it and missed and then kept fumbling for it <laughs> along the ground, it, you know, yeah, yeah. which is like goofiness and silliness. Yeah. You know, it looks pretty easy for anybody to pick up. What I thought was pretty cool was that apparently there's a co-op mode that's kind of like a horde mode where you just co-op defeat as many enemies as you can until you lose. That sounds fun. Um, what I thought was interesting, though, is that it's five players, but four of them have to use, of course, the pro controller, and then one person gets the tablet. Right. So I don't know exactly how easy it's going to be with the pro controller to even manage your people. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a shame, you know. The Why Wii, Nintendo? It's just because the Wii U can't handle multiple of those tablet controllers right. being connected at once, which is a shame. But it looks fun. It looks like, I mean, if there is a Wii U game for people that have been waiting for that awesome Wii U game to come out, it's obviously this. Yep. And it's uh, September 15th, so it's going to be coming out in time to kind of keep wii u people from maybe jumping onto another system for next gen because they'll be playing this and other things maybe, sure maybe i don't know we'll see. we'll see next another superhero game lego marvel superheroes which you know really surprised me because i've never been one for lego games yeah i worked at blockbuster for a while and i did not see a single adult without a child <laughs> who was renting a lego well, game. adults love these Lego games, I guess, it's just not a hardcore gamer game. Right. That's really what it comes down to. You yeah. know, it's embracing the silliness of Legos. And I guess maybe it's a nostalgia thing. I don't know. I love Legos as a kid, but I never got into the games. But, I mean, Lego Indiana Jones, Lego Star Wars, they blew up. I mean, people oh, yeah. bought the hell out of those. Oh, yeah. And obviously, Lego is just going on and on and on. They've got a movie coming out. Which I can't even fathom that. There's a Lego movie. I, I don't know. My brain explodes. <laughs> when Legos were first becoming video game titles, it kind of wrecked yeah. my brain for a second. Yeah. Like I was like, wait a minute. This is a toy that I play with, but now they're making like virtual toys. Yeah. That are now part of a video. Like the whole thing seemed bizarre to me, but mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and yeah, I never got into the games either, but you know, it's just me. Yeah. And, with this one in particular, it drew me in because of it, its polish and its scale. Um, yeah, definitely. Because it's a lot not, of work went into this title. Yeah, it's it's not a simple game by any means. You know the the amount of characters. You know, we were looking at the screen. There's a row of seven down by twenty two across of superheroes. 
I mean, and granted, we have people like Agent Coulson from the Avengers. We have Harvey Duck, um, which most of you probably don't even know who Harvey Duck is. Yeah, it's Harvey Dent, but he's a duck. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, it's, yeah, sure. And then, you know, don't squash have, my dreams, Joe. We have Stan Lee, of course, who is voiced by Stan Lee himself. Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. And he had some fun doing this. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's got superpowers. He's, I mean, Stan Lee, I guess, is, as the creator of all superheroes, he kind of deserves to be in a game like this. Yeah, he's like um, Super Stan now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, the demo we watched was one of 11 mini missions. And the one we saw was actually in Marvel headquarters. So they recreated Marvel headquarters and had all the little Marvel executives like tr- hostage and like yeah, running around. Yeah, tra- you got to rescue them. Freaking him. out. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, apparently, I mean, even in the story missions themselves, not just the mini missions, you have Stan Lee, but he's not a playable character at that point. You right. just see him constantly in peril and in danger. <laughs> and you, you're always fighting to have to save him again. Yeah, he's like... uh who is, oh, who's a kid? Uh, Carl from The Walking Dead. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> just stay in the house. <laughs> you idiot. You keep getting yourself in trouble. Uh, who's watching Carl? Seriously. Yeah, and they, they got some incredible voice actors, too. You know, they have uh, Nolan North doing Deadpool and, like, kind of narrating in, in a Deadpool silliness kind of way. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he went off the rails, by the way, while they were doing the voiceover work. And they actually had to cut a lot of the stuff he said <laughs> because, you know, Deadpool gets a little vulgar at times and yeah. stuff. And they were like, eh, this is a Lego game. We're going to have you dial it back a bit. Just delete the last 10 minutes of everything you just said. Mommy, mommy. Yeah, right. The TV's Um, speaking bad words at me. Yeah. And uh, Roger Craig Smith, who's playing Batman in Batman Arkham Origins, is going to be Captain America. Troy Baker is Loki. Uh, Wait, Troy Baker's in this game? Yeah, he's playing. You don't say. He's doing the voice of my. (laughs) It's not even a surprise anymore. It's like every. Troy Baker's making a comeback. Oh my God. (laughs) Basically, every game that comes out, I'm just going to look into the credits to see what role Troy Baker played. (laughs) Every game I buy. So, who was Troy Baker in this one again? But yeah, he's a screaming homeless man. Yeah, <laughs> they basically got every great voice actor possible and every great superhero. Which within the little mini missions we were seeing, every you could swap between superheroes, and each one kind of had their own part of the puzzles that they had to accomplish to you know get into the next areas and everything. This fall, it's coming out in current gen, both systems in next gen. The thing that really m- impressed me about it is that each character is very specifically well made from their stance to their attack set to their design of the character. It no longer looks like they're all Lego people that happen. To yeah, be a that little was different. that was what I was thinking initially when you mentioned that there was like a, a superhero Lego game coming out. And I was like, how are they going to do that? Right. But they did it by just kind of improvising. And a lot of them don't look like Legos. I mean, no. they kind of do. Like, it was funny watching the Hulk run around. Yeah, <laughs> because he he doesn't look like a Lego. He's a giant. He's got these huge muscles. But then when you see him run on the bottom, <laughs> like on, on the soles of his feet, you see that little like like Lego pattern. You right, know? right. So they they managed to kind of you know throw it in when where they could. Yeah, and it's flawlessly visually created. So yeah, you absolutely. Know, when he transforms and everything, you know, it it doesn't look like Lego people with goofy arms and like hands like lego people it, right it, it really represents the character right um which is really cool and especially when it comes down to things like you know you have a um, abomination and juggernaut and hulk and all of these multiple big guys and each one really seemed to have its own flair mm-hmm. you know the puzzles the obstacles the the co-op fun 
I mean, I'm, I'm excited to, to give this one a shot, and I've never really cared about a, a Lego, Lego game, game to this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, but then again, there's never been a superhero game that really had this many superheroes in it, and it didn't. No, none of no superhero game has ever looked this fun right. to me. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, another superhero game, of course, Scribble Knots Unmasked. If you're not a follower of the Scribble Knots games, Scribble Knots is an interesting kind of game where it relies on a dictionary that's built into the game. So at any time, if you bring up this prompt, you can call in anything from the dictionary. And the coolest thing about Scribble Knots Unmasked is that since it's uh, superheroes, the bat computer is basically a wiki that has everything superhero related within it. Yeah. Every version of every superhero. There are nine Robins. I don't even remember that many. There was like Robins a Robin motorcycle in there too. Yeah, like they put everything, everything in it. you could possibly imagine. And we saw, you know, there are obviously story elements, and every world or every place exists. So you can travel to Metropolis, you can travel to Gotham City, but then on the fly, you can spawn anything. So you know, we saw them in the in the Green Lantern world, which. Sorry, I'm not a Green Lantern fan. I totally blank out on whatever the place is that that is. But he spawned in the Green Lantern Corps and then the Sinestro Corps immediately. And then just started this giant battle out of nowhere because yeah. they're enemies. And it was right. just, what? <laughs> you don't even have to play the game. You can just cause chaos yeah. and randomness to happen. Oh, let me just call in Batman and Robin and then Bane. Big battle. <laughs> Time to fight. Yeah, you know? it's really neat. It's like it's almost like you're writing your own comic book as you go. You right. Know, you, you can really do whatever you want. It's and it's neat. pretty educational, too, because it requires that you spell properly and that you yeah. know what you're calling up. You can't just throw in some letters and it'll make things up for you. you know? Right. You have to really be on top of your writing. It requires that you have some knowledge on how to destroy a city. Yeah. You know, there's, <laughs> there's all kinds of important things there. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, kids. it was redesigned from the ground up, you know, um, bringing in all of these uh, comic book elements. It makes it look like it's panel to panel in a comic book more so. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that was kind of neat. And that. I, the, the, the biggest downside is that the drop in drop out multiplayer is only on Wii U. Hmm. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, for real. I'm going to play it on PC. It's on 3DS as well. September 24th release. But yeah, traveling through the world map, comic book panel style, a hero editor where you create your own hero using different superpowers. That's awesome. Changing costumes and stuff. Can you make – do they allow you to make superpowers and like like draw your own animations for them? Or is it a little bit too complex for an editor at this point? Um, I don't an think it's too program. complex. I just don't think that's what the game is meant to be. Yeah. So you, you got to kind of like pick stuff that's already been made. Right, and right. Put your own guy together. I mean – It's still pretty cool. For nothing – Considering the wiki that exists within that game, what superpower could you possibly consider thinking up that doesn't already exist in there somewhere? Punching dimensions apart. Superman can do it. <laughs> this is true. We learned this from Vsauce 3. Boom. <laughs> By the way, if you, do, if you don't know what Vsauce is, Vsauce is very, very awesome. And you should check out the video what if Superman punched you in the face on YouTube? It's yep. pretty incredible. They do a lot of things where they take fake stuff and then give it real world science. Like, you know, what if uh, all the Call of Duty sales were used to fund a real war and and taking like all the that ammunition was that was fired in, in all of Call of Duty and combining that into real world <laughs> that like was crazy. bullets and everything. Oh, it was it's something like to fuel the amount of warfare that's been done in Call of Duty would cost something like 
was it eight times as much as the U.S. government has spent overseas in Iraq and Afghanistan? Yeah, or was it, was it like 80 or something crazy It was pretty like incredible. That. I mean, it was, it was basically like saying the entire war had to be condensed into one hour of war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, That's insane. It was pretty incredible, though. So anyway, next, you know, we, we got to see Pikmin 3. Which is also another Wii U game demo. Throwback to my uh, days on the GameCube. Yeah. I mean, you played Pikmin 1, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Only the first one. What we saw in the demo was the bingo battle, which was two players battling, uh, starting off with five Pikmin apiece, and you're collecting as many things as you can, basically with a bingo-style sheet of a 4x4 grid, and you were trying to collect those items to line them up in any way, shape, or form right. um, to get four in a row. It, it's easy to play, calling Pikmin, throwing them. There were different types of Pikmin that each one kind of has different abilities and different strengths and weaknesses. Yep. So you have to be very strategic. And I, I was saying this, it's almost like an RTS in a way, except right. you are a player in the game walking around to command your Pikmin. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Jack Black's game and um, the Overlord games. You know, mm. it's like you're playing from a third person, but oh, you're also Overlord. commanding a massive Wow, army. I haven't played that game in ages. Yeah, I unfortunately brought it back to... GameStop on a trade-in when I was getting Dead Space 3. Uh, I might still have Overlord 2. I'm not Mm. sure. Mm. We'll check later. I played the demo, and that led me to uh, get the game for PS3 back in the day. Oh, okay. And, oh, man. How much time you sink into that? God, I don't even know. Yeah, I just I I loved the idea of having minions and and uh, oh, yeah. I, Plus, just, the voices were so funny. Like yeah. like when you pick them, it's like reds, blues, yeah. greens, yeah. browns, <laughs> reds, reds. <laughs> that was like half the fun was just cycling through all the different ones and listening to them scream at you. Yeah, color right? they were. Reds. Yeah, so so back to Pikmin three real quick. It was really the strategy of managing multiple groups for each particular task. Uh, There are mission modes, too, and story modes. And the story modes um, involve collecting fruit. Basically, you crash land after leaving your planet where all your food has been destroyed. And you're collecting food to give yourself juice. For your to to get Pikmin and to you know fuel yourself, but you're also collecting seeds to bring back to your planet. Tons of replayability thanks to getting more efficient and mastering the core elements. It looks like a game that I would love to play, except for the fact that it's I on the Wii. U. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't it's know. Too bad. I don't know if I'm ever going to pick up a Wii U. And this brings up our next topic: What do we consider to be? A system seller. Now, this is something that comes up all the time when people say, like, this game is the system seller. There are lots of games that I could say should be system sellers for people, like The Last of Us. The Last of Us should draw people to want a PS3. And it's a shame that, you know, games only come out for one console, you know, in, in a world like today where... I want to be the gamer, like I said, who plays every game. I don't want to have to own every console, but it's easier for developers to focus on making something perfect for one console rather than making it functional on all. Right. Yeah. I mean, I um, to me, I can't, I cannot say there's a there's any single game that would sell a system to me, because in that case, mm-hmm. I'm spending four hundred dollars to play one game. Right. What sold me on the PS4, the system seller for me was the fact that there's how many dozens of exclusive titles that look incredible on mm-hmm. that system. That's what brought me to that system, you know, over the Xbox. And Which I think um, is interesting, by the way, because that's always been 
a selling point for, for Sony. I mean, and that's why a lot of people bought a PS3 over the Xbox 360. And that's why I bought a PS3 was four exclusives. Yeah. And, you know, you missed out on a number of games Great due ones. to that. You yeah. know, things like Heavy Rain, yeah. things like Motorstorm, things that we brought up in part one of yeah. this episode. And when I bought my 360, even at that point, I, I, I wasn't really that knowledgeable about the game industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't really... You know, I thought Xbox 360, PS3, which one do I get? Meh, I didn't really know. I ended up with the 360 only because all my friends that played games had one. Right. So to me, it was kind of a no-brainer. Which is what a lot of gamers went with because, you know, gaming has always been especially for our generation, a more friend-centric thing. It's it's not like you're just picking up a game system and hoping to get friends on the internet. You, you know, we grew up in a time where we were still playing local co-op for games or local, maybe not co-op, but battling, you know. In yeah, a time, I didn't even have internet for my computer back then. Right, So right. it was like you had friends over, you played games. You played right. uh, FIFA or Golden Axe or whatever it was. Whether Mortal it was Kombat. a LAN party that you were playing together and, and people were bringing PCs together or you were playing something like even GoldenEye, you know, that right. that, that brought people to the couch to, to play together. Yeah. Um, we live in an age now where, thanks to the internet, we don't need that anymore. There are potential pros and cons to that that you know we won't address right now but it's it's interesting because that is the one thing that has always frustrated me about gaming is that you know if you sit on one side of the fence for too long you miss out on the exclusives for the other yep granted for this generation if you were a PlayStation 3 gamer there were very few things you really missed out on because most things if they came out for Xbox 360 exclusively they came out later for the PS3 Granted, you got Mass Effect 1 way late. You got Dead Space way late, but you still got them. Right. You know, it's not like they never got released for the other system. But Xbox 360 owners will never play Uncharted. Will never play Heavy Rain. Will never play The Last of Us. Right. The games that define this generation in a way that they'll never see. Now, that being said, do I think that everyone should pick up a PS3 and spend that money to play these games? Maybe not, you know, find a friend that owns the system, get the experience for yourself. But the next generation for me is the first one where I have decided that I'm just going to have to deal with it and I'm just going to have to shell out the money because like I said, there are too many exclusives this time around on both sides. Right. Um, Microsoft has stepped up its game this time and decided to release things like Rise, like Dead Rising 3, like, well, Forza was always an Xbox title, but... These things have led me to want an Xbox One more than I thought I would initially, uh-huh. which, of course, is disconcerting because I primarily want a PlayStation 4 for just about everything I can think of, Right. And especially knowing the actual specs of the system. I'm a little more excited for the PlayStation 4, not to mention I'm mm, a little disappointed in the fact that the Kinect is bundled with the system. It's causing a higher price point, and I'm not excited about Connect features. Let's be honest, but dude, you totally want to get your groove on. Well, <clears throat> there are tons of Connect features that I find to be interesting. I don't really see them as core gameplay mechanics yet. We still have to see how they'll really come to fruition in gaming, because all of these are things that will be available to developers. Whether they actually do something with it is up to them. Right. You know, like, yeah, it can read your emotions. Is every developer going to put that into their game? 
that's time that they will have to take to add that into their game. Right. And if a developer doesn't see that as something that is pivotal to maybe the development of their particular IP, maybe they won't even care. Right. You know, and, and I think that for a while we're going to see a lot of games maybe trying it. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, so far, like in non-connect games, connect was used for the weirdest things. Uh, like in Dead Space Three, you could scream at it to heal yourself. Yeah, voice which, integration was the <laughs> no thanks. I'll push B. The weirdest thing, you know. Uh, yeah, it it basically got shoehorned into every game toward the end of the generation. Forza had kind of a cool one, which obviously I didn't use because I didn't have a connect. But what was that? You could actually set it so that if you turned your head, the and, and you had the um, you were using the. Like the first person in the view? cockpit view of the car. Okay. Yeah. If you if you turned your head, it would turn your screen as if it was the driver's head. Well, that's terrifying. Because <laughs> then, what... but then you have to like look like out of the corner of your eye at the screen, kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird because the screen doesn't continue over there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You have you to know. get like a like triple monitor setup or something. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I can't see that that would uh, really influence my decisions in the, in next gen at all. Right. So I mean. My opinion, everyone has their own. So uh, opinions are like assholes, they say. <laughs> What's up, gentlemen? I've got one. You've got one. We have guests. I guess we, we're going to uh, take a break then. We uh, podcast bomb. Word. We'll take oh, yeah, a small Mark. break. What's up, man? Hey, man. All right. Now that we're back, uh, we, got just, we just got bombed. <laughs> we just got podcast bombed. Podcast bombed uh, by some. By two drunk friends. <laughs> some, fun. some drunken hooligans. Uh, so yeah, let's get back to it real quick. Uh, Mario 3D. We saw some super fun co-op. Donkey Kong Country. Hardcore platforming, not for the casual gamer. Mario Kart looks stellar. Nintendo had a rough start, but expecting a price drop this holiday, that's really going to close the the loop for Nintendo yeah. and hopefully keep them alive. Uh, you know, the, with this lineup of games, I'm sure anyone that's actually interested in a Wii U is sold. They're, right, they're, they've got they've got what they want they want to play. For, sure, know, totally. So. All right. Uh, also, Watch Dogs. We saw a multiplayer demo, which showed players infiltrating other players' games to steal money and data from their phone, and exacting revenge, which required you to hide as an NPC and kind of just walk <laughs> casually down the street. Really conspicuously, and yeah, in it's and, really cool. And then hacking them when you got close, and then of course when you start hacking them, though. That's when the player knows that they're being hacked, and they'll get an alert like, "Hey, all the funds are being drained from my account. Uh, why I oughta? Where yeah. is this guy?" <laughs> yeah. And then it, it's going to turn everybody. turn into a chase, <laughs> and then it's going to cause grudges, and everyone. Will, oh, totally. Everyone will still have uh, control of the environment and stuff in those moments. So the chasing each other, I feel, is going to be the best part of that. It's going to be so epic. Like it's going to be like one of those movies where there's like two dudes with like superpowers that are fighting in the middle of like this like heavily populated city yeah you know and meanwhile like throwing crap at each other and like blowing stuff up and meanwhile the police are going to show up and try and stop things and then <laughs> yeah. you're both going to have to like evade the cops while still battling each other it's gonna be like, so much fun it's it's gonna be intense speaking of watchdogs i actually um since amazon uh, uh reopened their pre-orders for ps4 right um i just canceled my target pre-order Bye bye Target. Yep. See ya. Sorry guys. And I uh, reordered through Amazon because mm -hmm. I I kind of trust them more with you know arriving on launch day. Mm. Um, and I bundled Watch Dogs with it. So nice. That's nice. gonna be my game that I'm gonna be playing on launch day. Personally, I'm gonna bundle it with PlayStation Plus and Battlefield Four. But right. 
to each his own. Hey, uh, I do want to get Watch Dogs. I just know for sure that I want to play Battlefield 4 as soon as humanly possible. So, yeah, it looks incredible. Like I said, it's going to be my attempt to bring you back into the, the foray of first-person shooters, as right. it were. I think it's going to work out. Especially co-op with the two of us. I mean, it, once we get a, a core group of friends together, and we'll be playing with the Podcast Beyond community, so yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be awesome. Some news. The Division... Officially slated for the end of 2014. Sad news. Yeah, it sucks. The game looks awesome. So pumped for it. But then again, if Ubisoft is focusing on Watch Dogs, focus on Watch Dogs. It's fine. There's going to be so much awesome stuff to play in the meantime anyway. Yes. I I, I feel like I'm not really going to miss it. Because when it comes out, I'll be ready for it. Right. And they have the crew coming out early 2014. And that is the one racing game that I've been saying that I am actually interested in. So Yeah, I'll um, play that with you. Ubisoft is... They're going to be golden for the next gen. They yeah. really are. I think that this is going to be. I mean, obviously, Assassin's Creed Black Flag is probably going to sell just because of the name of the franchise alone. But I'm interested now just because I won't have to really worry about the Assassin's Creed elements. It looks more like an open world pirate game. I'm interested just, you know, because I, I want to play as Henry Rollins. <laughs> it melts some pirate faces. Nice, nice. Good call. Also at Comic-Con, Telltale provided the first details about The Walking Dead, the game's second season. Now, granted, mild spoilers, but not really. It's only spoilers if you haven't finished the first season. Not spoilers for 400 days, which you still need to complete. I still need to complete. Uh I've already read spoilers for it. I'm not going to say anything. But uh, according to the panel, Clementine will definitely be a part of the upcoming season, and the fate of Kenny will be explored. A teaser image revealed during the panel showed what appeared to be Clementine sitting in the rain next to another child. Little else is known about season two, and there's still no details on whether this means new characters or these characters will be playable, or if they'll simply be making cameo appearances. Telltale did mention, though, that unlike the delay with season one, the second season will launch on Vita alongside other platforms, allowing you to have that second screen experience and take it straight from your PS4 on the same save. And move along with the game. If you're really worried and you haven't played season one of The Walking Dead, you're a fool. (laughs) And Luke's about to talk about it. I'm just going to spoil it for you. Right at the end, right at the end, as you know, Lee is really on his way out, and you can you can say something to Clementine, and I picked "Don't be afraid," and it it said Clementine will remember that. I got. all blubbery. I was just about to ball my eyes out. So that's awesome that Clementine is in this because it's like you know that telling her that now has has an effect on her. She's going to remember that. It's going to play into the next uh, season. Right. She may or may not obviously be playable. We don't know about this. But in my opinion, I would prefer it if she weren't playable and if maybe coming to her as a stranger – she will judge me and her interactions with me will be based on how I taught her as Lee. You Interesting. Know? Did I yeah. teach her well with the gun? Did I remind her to keep her hair trimmed short? Did I right. did I tell her to trust in others? Did I right. what what guidance did I give Clementine? I'd love to see how that plays into it. I will say this though, I don't want her to be the main focus of the next season. The thing I love about The Walking Dead is that it's one of those universes where you can kind of just pull out stories from anywhere. And that's what 400 Days does so well. Not a spoiler, but it's different stories. And there are multiple stories that take place over the course from day one of the outbreak to day 400 that leads into season two. Yeah. Now, it 
it seems, you know, some people are like, well, this seems kind of like a waste of time then because it doesn't associate with the characters that I'm involved with. There will be consequences from your first game uh, from the season one into 400 days and consequences from 400 days will play into season two. But at the same time, they're all different stories. There's so much to be told because it's not like the only stories revolve those characters. This is a world that is constantly in turmoil and there are survivors trying to survive everywhere. Yeah. There are, there's so much to draw from the comic as well, considering they're supposed to be canon. Um, yeah. So they are, and they do it well. Right. And, and we'll obviously have to see how that plays into it too, because for any of you that read the comic, 400 days is an interesting time. I'm not going to get into that past that because for somebody like you, I don't want to spoil anything that could potentially happen, but I kind of already know what could be coming. Yeah. I'm excited. Let's just leave it at that. Totally. Something I did want to mention that people are talking about a lot is uh, Rise. I was excited for Rise when I first saw it. Because the idea of working together in that kind of like Spartan uh, shield formation and the epic battles that could take place. Yeah, it looked awesome. It, I mean, it looks fantastic. And that studio is known for, for epic works of art. So I'm sure this is going to be a fantastic game. But from what I'm hearing, it's, it's very hindered on its kind of linear movement through the battlefield. You're very right. stuck with fighting an individual and really all you're trying to do is create the quick time event that causes the brutal killing of that guy right. to move on to the next guy in which you try to initiate another quick time event. And that's kind of the goal of the game. A lot of people are saying, well, isn't that a lot like God of War for people that haven't played God of War? Yes and no. It's not all about quick time events in God of War, though. That's the thing. You're not fighting each individual person to create a quick time event. It's more for boss battles. It's more for epic moments. Right. But there's still a fluid gameplay element to it. I'm worried in the constant slowdown of that motion that I'm going to feel like it's being forced upon me to do these quick time events. Okay. And that battle is going to be stretched out feeling like it's just a series of quick time events. Yeah, I hope it doesn't come to that. Right. I hope there's enough in there that's, that's just interesting that kind of just uh, captures you that – it doesn't, you know, just kind of turn into this thing where, you know, you're just kind of, okay, where's the next guy to kill? Okay, where's yeah. the next guy to kill, you know? And, uh, I mean, it looked very open, and it looked like there was massive scale to the battlefield. You saw walls crumbling in the distance and things yeah. being launched between arrows and mortars and things. I really hope that that game uh, takes off and has more to it. It's another one of those games where the demo might not really be showing us the best parts of the game. They may have just picked a strange area of the game to really showcase. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. But quick time events being the focus here, Beyond Two Souls, we just saw a gameplay reveal trailer for it, which, by the way, hugely encouraging. And I urge all of you that are not quite that interested in this game because you feel like the epic Ellen Page story has already been told. <laughs> um, that... This game is is completely, completely different. And it seemed like not only are they really working to come to fruition with David Cage's perfect ideal of what they wanted the game to be, but they sat down and had what they said were like testing sessions where they were just basically like watching people play the game. And they took all of the things about Heavy Rain and kind of brought them into the next gen by minimizing them. 
So not distracting the player with all of these button prompts and things, making it less like quick time events and more like fluid gameplay. That's good. But at the same time, still interesting controls. Remember they were saying like movement of the left and right stick together to move the kind of three dots as you're controlling Aiden? Yeah. That was interesting. The thing that I liked about it the most was they were saying, you know, that if the gamer was not doing well at a part, that they saw that as a fault of their own and something that they had to go back and fix that scene. Um, and I kind of appreciate not good that. for gamer entitlement, but as a dad, I mean, it's. It, I mean, here's the thing. I by saying that, I'm missing the point. Um, it's it's great that a dev feels that way because it means that they're so passionate about what they're doing that they're trying to create an experience that they themselves have really envisioned. Right. They want to bring that to gamers. Right. And they want every gamer to not feel like they're being hindered by the controls. They want yeah, every gamer to get through it efficiently and perfectly and really not be caught up in, oh, I did the wrong button prompt or something. They want you to flow <laughs> yeah. through it like it is the visual story that it is because right. it is almost a movie at this point. You know, and, and they don't want you to be thinking, oh, this is just another game. Yeah. It's it's a different yeah. kind of experience altogether. Gamer entitlement, that's an interesting thing that you bring that up. Uh, we've got some some terrible and interesting news regarding that. Frankly, um, you know, I kind of expect it from the COD community. Sorry if you play COD, mm -hmm. but if you are like the people that this article is about, I don't respect you. Yeah. And having said that, it's uh it's disappointing to hear, but um Essentially, the story is that uh, David Vonderhaar of Treyarch, he's responsible for balancing game mechanics. So in Call of Duty Black Ops 2, he did a series of tweaks recently that reduced the damage and speed of certain weapons. Okay, this happens in every game. You nerf things when you feel like it's becoming unfair to certain game styles. It happens constantly in World of Warcraft. It happens all constantly in all multiplayer games. That's the basis of multiplayer is to not let one gameplay style be perfectly dominant. Right. It's to allow all styles to kind of have their niche and their way of combating the situation. Right. That being said, <laughs> Vonderhaar has received some ridiculous violent threats. I mean, people are literally violently angry. He, he was told that he should die in a fire or kill himself or that he's a horrible person. And if anyone thinks for a second that this is okay, this is simply not. I, I, I can't stress enough how entitled gamers feel today, whether it comes down to the Xbox One reversing their policies because gamers had an uproar over possible DRM issues and right. you know, uh, you know, not being able to share your games with friends the same way that you did before with discs or uh, taking into account the fact that Steam is being taken to court over the fact that people actually believe that you should be able to resell your Steam purchases. Your $2 Steam sale purchase. Yeah, and Steam of all platforms, that that is literally the cheapest way to get games, is to just use Steam, to have a gaming PC and get everything through Steam. Yeah. The community is great, and I have always applauded Gearbox for the work that they have put into Steam. You know, and, and that is their, their main source of revenue. That's how they create the games they create as well. And that's how they keep the community up. That's right. how they keep all of their servers and how they keep everything rolling. And now people are saying that, oh, I'm, I'm unhappy with this, so you have to change the way you're doing it. And you know what? 
as much as I hate the Connect and I'm frustrated that I have to get a Connect if I'm getting the Xbox One, I'm thrilled that for once Microsoft has put its foot down and said, even though everyone is trying to petition them to release a version of the system that does not come bundled with the Connect, they are saying that they will not do it. Hmm. Um, that they absolutely feel like this is an integral part of what is going to be the evolution of the next gen of their system. And while that remains to be seen, I want them to stick with their guns. I want them to yeah. stick with their vision of what they're trying to do and how they're trying to further the industry. People that, that try to innovate, you know, they, um, they're, they're always met uh, with a little bit of harshness over the uncertainty of where their vision is going to take whatever kind of industry that they're a part of in. Mm-hmm. But I applaud them for sticking with it. And Finally. saying, you know, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And um, I wish them luck. I hope that they come out with some incredible titles that use the Connect and the controller to their maximum potential and deliver incredible experiences. I'm not sure if I'll ever buy an X1. Right. But, I mean, that's – look, whether or not you like Microsoft or the Xbox or Sony fanboy, fine. You cannot tell me that this is not good for the industry. Mm, yeah. It's, it's, go, it's going to take us in places that we haven't been yet. Right. And that's what gaming's about. I, I mean, yes, we're the consumer. We're the ones buying the product. And I think that the, the problem is, is that since we see ourselves as the consumer of this digital media, that it all revolves around us. And what we want is what they should reflect. Right. But the thing is, is that we don't know what we will want in years to come. We right. don't know what potential possibilities lie in the future and with the oculus rift i mean there's there's yeah. gonna it's a potential for we we can't even imagine the things that might be out in the next 10 years mm-hmm. so yeah do it push it forward make something new blow our minds which by the way uh taking a quick sidestep as far as we know there hasn't been any news about it being used on consoles at all as of yet the oculus rift yes okay but what we do know is that the titanfall developer has the oculus rift <laughs> and they're working on it oh, i got all giddy but that tells you something that means the oculus rift may only be working with the xbox one right now that would be a shame but but like I said, I mean, it's a shame for me right, right now in the present. Correct. Correct. <laughs> but in the direction of gaming, like I just said, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Right. And it's, you know, it's something that needs to be addressed because it's getting out of hand. You know, it, I understand that, the, you know, the Internet gives this like faceless anonymity and power to people that want to talk. And, you know, we talked about the comments on YouTube and IGN over the past few days and specifically in the part one of this podcast, but something that we need to drill into the minds of gamers today and gamers of this upcoming generation is that we cannot see innovation until it happens. You know, no one wanted the first connect and we saw the detriment that had, we had connectables, we had Just Dance, which, you know, while it was fun, it's not an evolution by any means. It's just, oh, it's a camera there, you know. And right. on the other hand, we see with things like, uh, you know, the eye, how it, the fact that it's not going to be bundled with the system means that the developers will not be aiming toward the potential uses of it. They won't think, oh, I should definitely make sure to incorporate this, this, and this into the next game that I work on because their install base is low. And that's something that people don't consider. They're not looking 
past their own preferences and what they want right. as if their wants are the only wants that should matter. Yeah. And you know, actually speaking of system sellers, <laughs> this just came, came to my mind. This might actually make me buy an X1 just to play this kind of a game mm-hmm. as a martial artist. Okay. If they were to be able to maximize the potential of the connect yeah. and make a first person martial arts game mm. where I could, you know, throw like my white crane form or Ooh. my eagle claw form and have it, you know, throw it fast, right? Like max speed and have it register. That would be absolutely amazing. From what I'm hearing of the tech specs of the camera itself. I'm getting pumped just thinking about it. Yeah, right. (laughs) I I actually hadn't even thought of the potential of that. It's interesting that you bring it up because we know that it can measure your muscle stress and it can measure like the shifting of your weight. Yeah, I want to like like do Qigong in front of it and see if it can actually, you know, like sense where my energy is going. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, like I said, these are all things that we won't really see initially because it's going to take developers time to see how they can really fully integrate it. And it won't seem like it's a hokey add-on experience. Um, but wow, that's, that's something to consider you that, know, would be that, awesome. that I never really thought about. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, on the other hand, I've always said, you know, with the eye and with the PlayStation move, yeah, it seemed weird playing games with the move because most games are just awkward to be playing with the move, but you can play heavy rain with the move. And that is a game really? that suddenly changes everything. You know, a yeah. game that is so contextual to the controls of the, the button mapping. When you take it out, take that away completely and you make it all based on those motions. Now you're having those fights and you're literally using the motion controller in place of that. It's pretty and cool. the motion controller for the move is one-to-one mapping. And that's something that I was excited about when I first saw it was the idea that you can have a realistic sword fight one-to-one in real time with the move. Yeah. And it's something that you cannot do with the Kinect. Right. Because while the Kinect can measure you, unless you're holding a sword in your hands, the Kinect <laughs> can't figure that out. <laughs> right. It won't know how you're holding it, how you're moving it. Yeah. But with the, with the move itself, I could swap it hand-to-hand and it would – react as if I'm like tossing the weapon into my other hand or swapping it to my backhand to like switch stances, you know, that's awesome. Um, there are potential for each. And the fact that Sony hasn't bundled the eye actually disappoints me a little bit only due to that fact. Um, it's a little less on the tech specs, but it's incorporating a different kind of tech. It's, it's meant to, to map differently. It's not mapping you. And that is something that, you know, I, in the last gen, it was all about motion controls and no one wants motion controls when it comes to traditional gaming. Like I, I don't care to move my arm to reload my gun, you know, and things like that. Like I'm not going to be shouting at the screen either. And I don't want to be using my connect in place of a headset. So mistakes that Microsoft has made, who knows who's to say what the future holds. Right. All right. You know, I think that'll do it. Once again, we didn't cover everything we could have potentially covered, but we did cover a lot. And I think that more than anything, you got a, a good view into the opinions um, this time. And I, I I want us to be a little more honest, a little more open about where we're seeing things because the industry is huge. And there are a lot of people like us out there that might be slightly skewed in their opinions and might be stuck in that opinion because they're only seeing it from their perspective. Right. 
I hope if anything that maybe this is enlightening to you. Maybe this changes your mind on whether or not the Connect is right for you, whether or not the buying the i with the PlayStation is right for you. Who knows? If you disagree with us completely, email us. We want to hear your thoughts. Absolutely. Maybe we'll read you on the air. Yeah. Or tweet at us for that matter. We are IRL Game Chat. You can tweet at me as well. I am Mr. Spud Winters. Uh, you can find Luke on the Podcast Beyond and Podcast Unlocked forum. You can post messages on there and tag him there, and he can respond to you that way. Or for that matter, you can find him there and friend request him if you if you really want to try and get in touch with Luke. I'm open to that. Yeah, Especially which you should because beer. Luke is just Luke, unless still reserve. Luke is freaking awesome. <laughs> oh God. Well said. Oh man. True statement. As always, though. If you're listening to this podcast, thank you. Uh, we appreciate all the love and support that you guys have sent our way. We wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for the fact that you guys are listening. And you know, please get in touch with us any way you can on the interwebs. Because if you are listening to this podcast, you are not just a listener. You are a friend. And we care about you. You're freaking awesome, guys. You're in our hearts. <laughs> Always and forever. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this has been episode six, part two. And uh, it's been... Joe and Luke. Thanks, guys. Game on. Is that a Skyrim shirt? No. Oh, that's funny. That those look like all the uh like the achievement symbols in the game, you know? Oh yeah. No, yeah. this is a these these are all origami. See like one makes a flower, one makes a flower. Oh yeah. Dude, I have a huge huge one bag of origami in my closet from when I was like 8 years old at my mom's house. Huge bag. I do that stuff all the time. I used to make like a horse and then a rider, like two different two different pieces. Okay. And then put them together. I made like um I make my own origami. I make my own book. If they're a in a bag, are they still in decent condition? Yeah, who knows? I was eight. I was like, ah, script. You know, throw them all in a the bag. <laughs> folded paper delicately. Ah, yeah, throw it in a bag. <laughs> now it's folded and smashed. Yeah. Fantastic. Smash Megami. <laughs>